This is Harry Murray at Murray's Fly Shop in Edinburgh, Virginia. Let's take a look at the trout fishing that we quite often get in January. We'll walk through this, show you the tactics, the flies, the procedures we use, and then we'll look at some of the things we're going to talk about on the smallmouth bass. The midge hatches at this time of the year, in fact, pretty much off and on throughout the whole winter, are fantastic late in the evening on many of these streams. I really find it exciting because these trout are very selective on the patterns that they'll take and the way we drift our fly. For instance, on the Back Creek, the, um, the pool I've named the, uh, the bridge pool in there, it, it's really exciting to walk across that meta going into the bridge pool on Back Creek and then get over there beside it. And over on the far side of that pool, there might be 10 or 12 fish over there sipping in midges off the surface. This is exciting fishing. Now, if you're seeing them come up and have a very delicate little rise form, like dropping a BB in the water, that trout is feeding on the adult of the Chironomid midge. He's sucking that under, and all you see is that little dimple. Now, if you see a swirl or even a splash on the surface, that trout is actually taking the emerging midge coming up through the water column, and when he goes for that midge, the inertia from his body, sort of the follow-through, if you would, splashing on the surface is what we see. He's not splashing and chasing it around, but he, he's going after it on the way up. Now, sometimes you'll have trout in a pool, some of them feeding on the adult, which you're going to get that dimple, and then you'll see some of the swirls and some of the splashes on those guys feeding on the emerger. A good way to fish that is to, say, put the Mr. Rapidan uh, dry midge dry on there in about a size 20, the Mr. Rapidan midge dry size 20. Put that on a uh, 7.5, 6X liter. Come off the bend of that hook with an improved clinch knot, put about two feet of 6X behind that, and then run a dropper off the tail end of that. I like the Mr. Rapidan Olive soft tackle in about a size 16. And that way you'll take some of those guys that are feeding on the, on the adults and some of them feeding on the underneath part. We fish a couple streams out in the Rockies that we know where this is going on, and my son gets hooked on them. There's one little stream out there we fish that, I've seen Jeff practically not move out of his tracks for two hours cast into these 20-inch, 24-inch rainbows out there feeding on these midges. He, boy, he gets hooked on them. I can't get him away from there to go fish anything else. But this is real exciting fishing. The ones right close to us here that we know, Back Creek has this, um... Some places on the upper part of Big Stony Creek up close to where Little Stony comes in, there's some good midge feeders up in there. Uh, those are the two, two main places. Now, right below the dam on the Jackson, there's some good fish, uh, midge fishing. But this is exciting fishing, and we really like it because... Sometimes it's the best game in the winter. All right, now let's talk a little bit about the bass thing. 
the bass fishing certainly has slowed down a little bit. So I want to talk a little bit about tying our bass flies. I'm going to talk about tying the underwater flies for bass now. And then next week I'm going to talk about the uh, tying of the topwater flies. I was born and raised right here in Edinburgh, and I'm only a mile from the Shenandoah River and only 100 feet from uh, Big Stony Creek. So I had bass running all over the place around here. And, of course, as a 6, 8, 10-year-old kid, we fished with live bait. So I got to know where the spring minnows were. I got to know where the uh, dace were. I got to know where the crayfish were. I got to know where, where all these different minnows and, and foods were. Not only that, I got to know how they acted in the stream. Now, that quite is, is, is an important factor when you're coming into designing a fly. I could easily sketch off a design of a fly like a hog sucker and think, well, gee, that's what I want it to look like when I get through. However, how that fly is going to act in the water is extremely important. And you just can't reach over on the shelf and find a piece of olive bucktail and put it in there because you know that a hog sucker is going to have some olive in its body. I find that I catch most of those big fish on underwater streamers when I can fish them very slowly and very deeply. Now, in selecting the materials for that, I especially like ostrich herrel, I like marabou, uh, soft sackle, saddle hackle, fur, rabbit furs, even mink furs, all of those furs are very alive in the stream with a minimal action. That's the action I want my fly to produce. When I was making notes on this thing, I went out and looked in my fly band, and I kind of, we have 36 of the most popular bass streamers we sell are flies that I've designed myself because I know what those minnows look like. And that is very exciting. Now, I want to keep them streamlined. For instance, my hog sucker, the shiners, those are, many of them are well over four inches long. And I'm fishing this on a seven-weight rod. So I want that fly to be streamlined. I do not want a great big bulky fly with appendages going all over the place. Legs and tails and all that stuff sticking out. They're a brute to cast. You can't get accurate with them. They twist the leaders. So I want them streamlined. And I really keep them fairly sparse. If you look at some of the flies I'm talking about out here, you'll see, gee, there isn't a whole lot of material on that hook. And, well, that's what I really want. I want that thing to swim through the stream just like the real minnow. So that's what I'm shooting for on this. And you can design a whole lot of the minnows yourself. They are very effective. And these are the way I developed some of the most popular flies we have. So look into that. Play with them on yourself. I've got patterns out here of most of them I've designed that you can go by those if you'd like. Next week, we'll talk about uh, how we're working on some of these topwater bugs because I'm just as particular on my topwater bugs as I am on my underwater bugs for smallmouth bass. If you have any question on that, just give me a ring here at the fly shop. Phone number is 540-984-4212. But thank you a whole lot for listening, and give us some input on what you think about all of these.